Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the first ever podcast called The Post Game Sports. Yes, it is. My name is Landon Hall, and I would like to welcome again everybody to the first ever sports podcast for The Post Game Sports. And let me just start off with this introduction just by saying, first off, it's it's an honor to be doing this podcast. I'm a big sports fanatic and I love sports and so I just called it post game sports because we're going to get into coverage every day, every week of every game of baseball, football, and basketball and I'm also going to be doing some hockey and some soccer. So for those for those of you fans of hockey and soccer, don't be too disappointed because I will be covering those sports, but with baseball season starting, basketball season kicking into gear, and now with free agency coming up in the NFL and with the NHL NHL season coming into gear right now, it's it's going to be one hectic, hectic ride. So just bear with me. And not to mention the NCAA tournament for basketball is also starting. So don't worry. I will be covering as many sports as I can. But... I will just don't be too sad if I can't get to most sports. And so with that being, let's get into this podcast. All right. And first off, we are going to be going into the MLB. The MLB, uh, what a wild ride it is, and it's good to have fans back in the stadium and rooting on their home teams. So let's get into some of the scores today, shall we? Now, the the first game being the Braves and the Boston, the Atlanta Braves and the Boston Red Sox. And now, the Braves won today 5-3. I mean, this is obviously spring training. It's not going to matter that much, but... This will give you an idea on where this where teams' directions are going this season. The Atlanta Braves, they're a World Series contender easily. They got probably one of the best homegrown cores, if not the best homegrown core in baseball. You can argue that the Dodgers have the best homegrown core in baseball and you know on their major league team, but it, it's just it's just insane how stacked this team is. <laughs> Travis Darno is a top 10 catcher in baseball. I know that might raise some eyebrows, but Travis Darno is a stud of a catcher. And then you got the infield, which is just, it's its going to be insane this year. You got Austin Riley, who's going to have a bounce back year. He struggled a little bit in the NLCS, but I think he is going, I think he's going to bounce back. You got Dansby Swanson, who's been, you know, he's been hit or miss, but he's mainly been consistent over the last couple of seasons. He had a 274 batting average, 23 points higher than 2019, which, you know, it's it's good for him considering he was a former number one overall pick from the Arizona Diamondbacks. And so that's a good sign, and hopefully he's going to have another big year. And then you got Ozzie Albies. Ozzie Albies is going to be probably their first or second hitter. If not, it's going to be down the order in the 7 or 8 role. And he's not going to be asked to do much 
On the offensive side, he's mainly a great defender because you, you got Freddie Freeman, you got Ronald Acuna Jr., you got Marcelo Zuna, you got the young stud in the outfield, Christian Pache, who had a great postseason last year and showcasing his skills after Adam Duvall hurt, hurt his hip in the NLCS against the Dodgers. And then you got... And then you got... Freaking Ender Enciarte off the bench. Ender Enciarte is a stud. People forgot about Ender Enciarte. And so having him as a fourth outfielder, that just goes to show that just goes to show how insane of depth that they have. And let's take a look at their infield. Their infield depth. Why don't we? We went over the infield stars. Let's go over the infield depth. They got freaking Pablo Sandoval, Jason Kipnis. Ari and Ari Andrianza. Wow, I almost butchered that name. And they got Johan Camargo, and then they got Jake Lamb. Now, granted, four of those names, Ari Andrianza, Jason Kipnis, and Pablo Sandoval, are all non-roster invites. But those guys are just those guys are nuts to have that same that have that deep of an infield. The Braves are easily World Series contenders. And not to mention, that's not even mentioning their freaking pitching. They got freaking Sean Newcomb, Ian Anderson, freaking Max Freed. Max Freed is probably their number two. On most teams, he's a number one. That's because their number one is Mike Soroka. So you got a big three of Mike Soroka, Max Freed, and Ian Anderson. That's just I I don't I don't know what what hitters what hitters are gonna do in the NL East. The NL East is stacked this year, but with Mike Soroka coming back, they made it to Game Seven of the NLCS without Mike Soroka, and they arguably should have gone to the World Series before they uh, they pulled the Cleveland Indians, you know, blowing a three one lead. And then they got Charlie Morton in the offseason, an underrated signing. An underrated signing brings veteran presence into that locker room. And then you got Drew Smiley. Now, I'm a, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan, so and I've watched Drew Smiley last year in limited appearances. He pitched well when he needed to. He couldn't. He didn't have that many appearances because he had a blister on his finger. So... That's why it was a small sample size, but I would the Braves got a good left-handed pitcher, veteran presence, another veteran presence right there. And then you got the bullpen, you got Mark Mark Melanson still. I think if un, unless I'm missing something. And then you got Will Smith, Will Smith, the most I think he's a top 5 closer in baseball. And then you got Bryce Wilson as well who's can be used as a long reliever or a starter. AJ Minter, who had one hell of a NLCS game five appearance when he struck out seven out of nine batters. I think the Braves are the favorites to go to the or are a favorite to go to the World Series this year, but with how stacked the NL West is, it's just insane. And now we go over to the Red Sox. The Red Sox are a team that's interesting. They got some hitting. Like, they're, they're going to score some runs, but they're also going to give up a lot of runs. Like, the Red Sox don't have good pitching. They're, 
No offense to Nathan Ovaldi, but if that's your start, starting pitcher on opening day, you're not going to go very far. Now, you got, obviously, the left-handed, the left side of the infield is locked up. That's not a question. You got freaking Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, and then on the right side of the infield, you got, you know, Michael Chavis, who's not that bad of a hitter. And then you got Bobby Dahlbeck, who's going to come up, and I think he'll play second base. If not, Kike Hernandez, who's not that bad of a guy to have out there at second base. And then in the outfield, you got Marwin Gonzalez. I like that signing. I think he's going to do. I think he's going to be a number five, number six hitter, guy that gets on base every now and then, steals a bag or two. I think Marwin Gonzalez is going to be. Good for the Boston Red Sox. And then you got Alex Verdugo. This kid is going to be special. This kid is really going to be something special. Now, granted, he's not. I don't think he's going to be Mookie Betts. Let's be real here. There's only a few players that are Mookie Betts type. Mookie Betts-esque. I mean, it's, it's just not. He's not going to be Mookie Betts, but he's going to be a great player for the Boston Red Sox. And then designated hitter, you got J.D. Martinez. You know, J.D. Martinez is older. I When it was a decision between J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts, I feel that the um, that they should have traded J.D. Martinez and kept Mookie Betts and just paid Mookie Betts. But, you know, the Red Sox did what the Red Sox did. Now that they have Alex Cora back, I think they'll be – they're not going to make the playoffs, unfortunately. They are not unfortunately, they're not gonna make the playoffs because they got the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays in their division. And heck, with the way the Orioles played last year, granted it was a 60-game season, they might be in fifth place in that division. And as we know, Red Sox fans do not like that at all. And then you got Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh that could be that's probably that could be their number one, but He's probably going to be their number two. He's he's good. He's he's not bad at all. But the Red Sox need to upgrade pitching so damn badly because they're it's it's kind of sad how many runs they're going to give up in that division when you have the Rays who are going to have Wander Franco called up when the Blue Jays with their insanely different offense with the additions of George Springer and Marcus Simeon. And then, you know, Vlad Guerrero lost 40 pounds, so he's going to be healthy this year. And then the Yankees, who didn't miss a beat, they arguably got better. The Red Sox are in for a long year, unfortunately, and I have them being placed fourth in their division. And then let's take a look at, uh, let's recap the Orioles-Phillies game, and let's talk about those two teams. So it was a 4-4 to tie, obviously, with the whole pandemic going on. They're going to shorten some of the games this year, and it makes sense. Now let's take a look at the Baltimore Orioles squad. The Orioles are an interesting team because last year they could have made the playoffs, but they cooled off down the stretch, and they missed the playoffs entirely. It's going to be a long offseat. It's going to be a long year for the Orioles. And you know, I hate to be that I and I and I hate to be like that, but Baltimore is in for another rough year. 
I mean, John Means is their best pitcher. Not bad, but he's not a number one on any other team. Pedro Severino and Francisco are going to platoon catching. Chris Davis is still there. Crush Davis. He really, or not Crush, that's not Crush Davis, that's the other Chris Davis, but the Chris Davis, the one that didn't get a hit for 52 single straight plate appearances, he's, he's felt, he's fallen off hard, and, you know, it's just, he's fallen off hard, and it's just unfortunate because Chris Davis was one of my favorite baseball players growing up. He was just a guy that would always hit dingers, and now he just doesn't anymore. And he's just washed up, unfortunately. All he's doing now is just collecting the bag from the Orioles. And to be honest, the Orioles should have released him a long time ago. But they do have a good manager, Brandon Hyde. I love, I like Brandon Hyde. I thought he did good with the Diamondbacks for a little bit before they got Tori Lavolo. And I think the Orioles, they're... They're not they're not making the playoffs by any means. They're probably not going to make the playoffs for another two to three more years at least. But they got Trey Mancini, who, you know, he's coming back from colon cancer and he's a stud. But who knows, who knows if he's going to stay on the Orioles for that long. The Orioles, honestly, might trade him at the trade deadline and get, and get a good return for him if he's hitting like 30 home runs at the All-Star break. It's probably not gonna he's not probably not gonna have 30 home runs but at the all-star break, but he's gonna have a good batting average and he's gonna come back stronger. He's gonna be comeback player of the year in the AL. That is my opinion. And then you got and then the outfield, you got Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle, and Anthony Santander as the starters, most likely. Ryan Mountcastle is gonna be an interesting player to watch. He is a young, young, young player, and he did well in his major league debut last year. In his first MLB season, he hit 333, 42 hits, and 126 play appearances. Not bad by any means, but necessary. Hopefully, he can continue that because when the Orioles drafted him, I was kind of stoked because I wanted the Giants to draft him, but the Giants didn't have that good of a draft pick at that time. I don't think so. Ryan Mountcastle is a player to watch for the Orioles this year, as well as Anthony Santander. We'll see if he improves off of last year. The Orioles, I got them in fifth place, to be honest. I got them at a record of 63-99. and 99. Now, and I hate to be that guy, but the Orioles are just not going to be good this year. They are not going to be good whatsoever. And let's check out the other and let's check out the team they played, the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies are gonna be they're gonna score a lot of runs this year, kind of like the Red Sox. And their starting pitching is isn't bad. It is not bad by any means. I think Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are an mate are a great one-two punch by all means. But their bullpen is just so, so bad. Like, Archie Bradley was a decent, like, he's not bad, but the rest of that bullpen is still trash. Like, Hector Neris, he's all right. Like, he's so inconsistent for the freaking Phillies, and it's just unfortunate. 
that Bryce Harper's career is getting wasted by Philly. Could they have a good year? Could they contend for the division? They could. If that bullpen does a 180, that's the only reason I see them doing that. And last year was not on Joe Girardi as the reason why they sucked. It was the bullpen. Like, they got JT Romuto. JT Romuto, I think, is the best catcher in baseball. If not, he is top two or three. Uh, Let's just be real there. And then they got a stud in Alec Bohm, who had a good rookie year last year after being called up. They got Reese Hoskins, who's good, who he had an okay of a year last year. I'd, it was probably not the same as the previous year. Oh, no, he did a little bit better. 245 batting average, 37 hits, and 151 plate appearances. Not bad by any means. I think he'll have a much, much better year next year, this year. And then they got Gene Segura, who is, you know, I think he's one of the more underrated players in baseball. You got Didi Gregorius, who is a great shortstop. I wanted uh, the Reds to get him, but the Reds have Kyle Farmer starting at shortstop. Again, I'm a Giants fan, but I want some certain players to go to some certain destinations just because it'll help them out big time. And then the outfield. You got Andrew McCutcheon. You know, he's on his last legs. Didn't do that bad last year by any means, but I think I think he's on his last legs. As a Giants man, he did okay when he played for the Giants. Last year, he had a two fifty three batting average. Okay, so he still got one hit in every four at-bats. Not bad by any means. But nothing like MVP McCutcheon 2012-2013 Andrew McCutcheon. Like, that Andrew McCutcheon is gone. And then you got Bryce Harper, who, you know, Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper. He's always going to – he comes ready to play every day. And he's going to have to carry the team, obviously, if they want to make the postseason this year. And with that division, you know, you have the Braves, who brought back pretty much everybody. You got the Marlins, who upgraded – this year got got a pretty nice team. You got the Mets who got Francisco Lindor, arguably the best shortstop in baseball, if not top three, top four shortstop. And then <laughs> you got the Washington Nationals who I don't think they're going to, I think they're pretty pissed off with the way they played last year. So you, you're looking, you might be looking at fifth place this year, Philadelphia. If not, fourth. Maybe third if the Marlins fall off and maybe that playoff run was just a fluke last year. I truly think that the Phillies are going to finish fourth. And I'm going to say 79-83 and 83 record on the year just because their bullpen is going to blow 10 games. I think it's going to be that bad. That bullpen is just awful. Just awful. And then let's move on to the next game. You got the Detroit Tigers and you got the New York Yankees. The Detroit Tigers, they're going to stink this year. They are going to straight up stink this year because they they just don't have anybody up yet. All their good players are still are in the farm system and they still need a year or two to get ready. Now, they had some pretty nice additions to the team. Robbie Grossman, I, 
I like that signing. He's an underrated player. Played really good for the A's last year. Good leadoff hitter. Good defender. I had no problem with that addition. Wilson Ramos, good catcher, good veteran presence. I like that signing a lot. You got Nico Goodrum, who didn't have the best year last year, but I think he'll bounce bounce back last year. They got Jamer Candelario, who I think he was the best player in the infield aside from Miguel Cabrera. Then you got Miguel Cabrera, who, who you know, is he's on his last legs. I think his contract ends this year, I'm pretty sure. Let me check that out. Miguel Cabrera contract. And he's a free agent actually in 2024. So he's actually going to be here for quite a while. So he's going to play till he's 42 years old. Wow. What a career, man. And I'm a, I'm a Giants fan, so I I was obviously rooting against the Tigers in the playoffs. And I just can't believe that we swept the 2012 Tigers. I thought we were the ones that were going to get swept. But it turns out we swept the Tigers. We just, after that three-run home run game, the Tigers just never, from Paulo Sandoval, the Tigers just never recovered. They never recovered. And for Detroit, I think they finished with the record this year of 60 and 102. They're they're not they're not going to be that good this year. They're pitching. Uh, they got Matt Boyd, who he's he's their best pitcher right now. Casey Mize is up and coming. Matt Manning's up and coming. Tariq Skubal's up and coming. Spencer Tur- Turnbull is up and coming. Like their their pitchers are at least another year or two away from being really really good. Right now, Matt Boyd is their best pitcher. Michael Fulmer is their number two. And look, maybe three or four years ago, that would have been a great number one and two combo. Now it's just not the best. And you got the White Sox, the Indians, the Royals. You got the White Sox, the Indians, the Twins in that division contending for the division. And then you got the Royals, who arguably improved a lot more than you guys did. So I think Detroit is going to be in fifth place this year in their own division. Let's check out the next game, which is the Astros and the Nationals. And I'm going to make these recaps quicker of all the teams and what their previews are going to be this year. Because I want to talk, I want to talk basketball a little, and I only ha- and I have a time limit on my podcast. Don't worry, the next podcast there will not be a time limit, but this one there will be. Now let's check out the trash cans, the Houston Astros. After a year of you know, the trash cans and Joe Kelly. And, you know, nearly coming back from a 0-3 deficit to the Tampa Bay Rays, they're back to be, they're back starting off fresh. And they played the Washington Nationals today. Now, the Astros, I think, Astros are going to win their division because I don't think their division is that good, to be honest. Their division is all right, but I would consider it probably the worst in the AL cuz the AL Central has 3 playoff teams and the AL Central and the AL East has 3 playoff teams. I think there's maybe 
I think there's only one playoff team, maybe two on a great day. But there's prob- it's probably going to be one. Now, you got the Houston Astros, who um, who got some returning veterans, Zach Granke, Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander is going to start off on the disabled list because, or on the injured list because he had surgery last offseason and is not going to be back till I think, May. So they're going to be without him for a while. So Zach Granke is going to be the workhorse right now. They got some young guns, young arms. They got Lance McCullers still, who's not bad, but did have an underwhelming performance in Game 7 of the ALCS last year by giving up four runs. And then you got some studs, honestly. Framber Valdez developed nicely last year at the end, carving up hitters left and right. You got Christian Javier, who developed as well down the stretch. Jose Urquidy, I think, is going to be a good pitcher for them this year as well. I think he's going to be their number four. I think as of right now, the rotation is Zach Greinke as the one, Framber Valdez as the two, Lance McCullers as the three, Jose Urquidy at the four, and I think Forrest Whitley finally gets called up, and I think he's going to be the number five starter for the Astros this year, while Verlander's still on the disabled li- on the injured list. Excuse me. And then you got then you got the infield. The infield didn't go anywhere. You got Martin Maldonado at catcher. Yuli Gurriel's back. Jose Altuve's back. Alex Bregman's back. Carlos Correa is back. The infield stayed the same. Now, in the outfield, there's a major, major change. And that's George Springer leaving to go to Toronto. Is that a big loss? Yes, that's a huge loss. But I don't think it'll hurt them as much as people think it will. Because you still got Michael Brantley. You still got Kyle Tucker, who as well developed after he had a Rough year in 2019. He finally got it together last year. And then you got Jordan Alvarez, who is arguably who's going to be back. And he is a stud, stud, stud. The Astros, I don't think, are going to go anywhere. or They're not going anywhere by any means. They're still here. And then not to mention they still have Ryan Presley, who's one of the best closers in baseball. And Joe Smith, who's a good reliever as well. So the Astros, they're good. it's their division to lose. I don't think the Astros are going anywhere anytime soon. The division is theirs. I think they go 95 and 67. That is my prediction. Now let's check out the Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals... They were the defending champs. They were defending champs coming into last year. They had a very, very underwhelming performance last year, and it was a multitude of things. Victor Robles struggling. They're often they're pitching, not performing up to par last year. And, you know, just a bunch of different things. Again, last year was a weird year, but this year's 2021 and it's new. I think the Washington Nationals are going to be in third place and go 84 and 78. I think 
that once Juan Soto is going to have a great year and Trey Turner, they're both both their stars are going to have great years. I think Luis Garcia and Carter Keboom are going to finally come up to the majors and help out the big league squad in a big way. They're going to have, and then outfield, they got Victor Robles, Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, an, an amazing outfield. And then not to mention, they got first baseman Josh Bell, and he kind of had a bad year last year, if I, if I do remember. A 226 batting average, yeah, a major drop-off from 2017. The Nationals better hope they get the 2019 version of Josh Bell because if they don't, then that third place might go into fourth place for them. And then not to mention their bullpen is still kind of iffy, like Sean Doolittle. I think like Sean Doolittle is still good. Daniel Hudson is still good. Or no, wait, Sean Doolittle's not on the team. Sorry. Um, Daniel Hudson is still good. Will Harris is still decent. Brad Hand. I think that was a decent pickup, but their bullpen is iffy. They got shirt. They still got the big three of Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. But is is it enough? Is it enough in this division to take down the Braves and the Mets? I don't know. I got them again. I got them going eighty four and seventy eight. I just I think they're still a year away from being back in the playoffs. Now. Let's check out the next game. Again, I'm going to move in quicker with these previews. Oh, then you got the Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins this year, if they, I think they're going to make the playoffs as a wild card team. They're going to be in the wild card. And are they going to win a playoff game? Who knows? They brought back everybody. Jose Barrios, Kenta Maeda, number one, number two. Their bullpen is still okay. I'm kind of glad that they got rid of Sergio Romo because Sergio Romo is washed up now. They got, you know, a stud infield. Andrelton Simmons, an amazing pickup, will definitely help out defense-wise at shortstop. And then you got Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Alex Kirilov, Nelson Cruz, an amazing outfield, and then a designate, and then and as well a designated hitter Nelson Cruz. I still can't believe he's going on strong. Twins, I got them going ninety and seventy-two. Ninety and seventy-two, making the playoffs. Now let's check out the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, just so close to a World Series. Last year, right before Kevin Cash said, fuck, I don't want a World Series. I want to finish second place. So let's let's dig into the Tampa Bay Rays. They got they got worse this year. I thought obviously when you lose Blake Snell, your team's gonna get worse. And they also lost Charlie Morton, a big blow to them. I think the the Rays the Rays somehow they always find Diamonds in the rough. That's just how the Rays roll. Like, I think Glasnow is going to bounce back. I think I think Chris Archer will be decent. I don't know if he'll be back to Cy Young Archer, but I think he'll be decent. And then you, got, you just don't have that much pitching after that. I mean, Rich Hill, like... 
Okay, Rich Hill. Uh, he's I don't think he's that good anymore. And then you got, and then at catcher you got Francisco Mejia. You got an offensive catcher, and then Mike Zanino as a defensive catcher. And then in the infield you still got Yandy Diaz, Willie Adamas, Joey Wendell, Brandon Lau, G Man Choi. Like they kept the infield together. And then the outfield you got a postseason goat, Randy Arozarena. Rays better keep him at all costs. And you got Austin Meadows, who had a down year last year. And hopefully he'll bounce back, too, because Austin Meadows is a stud. He is a stud, just had a down year last year. There were a lot of players last year that had down years, and Austin Meadows was one of them. And so I think the Rays, they'll squeak in as a wild card. 94 in 68. 94 and 68. And then you got the next game, the Marlins and the Mets, which the Mets lost two to nothing. Obviously, this is spring training. The Mets, I don't know what I, I don't know what I should say. They got significantly better in the offseason. Anytime when you add a top four shortstop to the team. You're going to do good. Not to mention you got Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard, and you also got Trevor Bauer. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, too soon. Um, then you got Joey Lucchese. Like the Mets, the Mets got better. Uh, the Mets stayed the same pitching-wise. And then catching, catching wise, they upgrade. They got James McCann. I like that signing. Helps out on the offense and the defense as well. Just an overall upgrade at catcher. And then in the infield, you got Francisco Lindor at short, JD Davis at third, Jeff McNeil at second, Pete Alonso at first. I like that infield a lot. There's going to be a lot of dingers between those four guys. And then the outfield, you got Dominic Smith, Michael Conforto, and Brandon Nemo. Conforto and Dominic Smith are beasts. Brandon Nemo is an up-and-coming stud as well. Obviously, Robinson Cano being suspended for PEDs saved the Mets, but big time because they would not have been able to afford Francisco Lindor if Robinson Cano did not decide to do PEDs and get tested positive uh, again. <clears throat> Overall, the Mets, I got them going 96 and 66. Again, this is probably going to age well, just probably because of the Mets hype, and then they're eventually going to suck in the regular season. But who knows? Who knows? It's, it's anything can happen. That's why baseball is the greatest sport of all time. Okay, now the Miami Marlins. They got, I think they got a little bit better. They got Adam Duvall. I like that signing a lot. He's going to help out with the power on, on the offensive side of the ball, obviously. And then you look at that outfield. You got Starling Marte, Corey Dickerson, and Adam Duvall. That's not that bad of an outfield. And then you got Jazz Chisholm, John Birdie, Brian Anderson, Jesus Aguilar. That's not that bad of an infield. And then Jorge Alfaro is up and coming too, again. 
And then you got Sixto Sanchez and Sandy Alcantara as the number one and two. I think Sandy Alcantara is going to be the number one pitcher. While Sixto is still the number two, they I still think they should need more pitching. But it's whatever. And I think the Marlins are going to be the third. Or no, the Marlins are going to be the fourth place team in the East. And I got them going 74 and 88. I just think last year was a fluke. Could they be a playoff team? Yes, they could, but their pitching needs to step up because that offense is going to do good. But the pitching the pitching needs to step up big time. And then you got the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Toronto Blue Jays. The Pittsburgh Pirates, I don't think I should need to say more. They're going to they're going to suck. They might they're going to, I think they might hit under 60 wins. And hell, it could be under 50 with how terrible this team is. The best thing they have to look forward to is Cabrian Hayes. That's it. They got a good farm system up and coming, but they're five years away. Pittsburgh Pirates fans, I feel sorry for you. Now let's take a look at the team that they played, the Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays. They improved significantly. Anytime when you get three all-stars in one offseason, that deserves an A grade. You got Kirby Yates from the Padres. You got Marcus Simeon from the Oakland A's. And you got the big fish of the offseason, one of the big fish, George Springer. Wow, this I'm just looking at this offense, and it's going to be absolutely insane. The pitching isn't that bad, however, either. Hunjin Ryu and Robbie Ray, that's a decent one and two combo. And then not to mention the bullpen, adding Kirby Yates is going to help out the bullpen. But just look at this lineup. At the catcher, you got Danny Jansen. In the infield, you got the young infield of Marcus Simeon, Vlad Guerrero, Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette. And you got Rowdy Telez as the DH. Or Randall Gritchick. And then in the outfield, you got Lourdes Gurriel, Yuli's brother, George Springer, and Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, the pitching better be good in that division because the Blue Jays are going to score a lot of runs. And when I mean a lot of runs, they could average five to six runs a game, maybe even more than that. And I got the Blue Jays... Going back to the playoffs with a 91 and 71 record. Just phenomenal. Phenomenal offseason, Toronto. And then you got the Cincinnati Reds who lost Trevor Bauer. Now, I think now trading away Iglesias, Rysel Iglesias, I don't know how I feel about that, but Amir Garrett isn't that bad of an option to be the closer. However, losing Trevor Bauer is going to hurt this team significantly. Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray are great. I'm not saying that they suck, but you need at least three pitchers to be a playoff team. And, well, no, no offense to the Cincinnati Reds or their pitching staff, but the Reds are just not – they're not going to be that – they're not going to be that good, I don't think. Because after Sonny Gray – and Luis Castillo, 
I mean, Wade Miley's okay, but they just... And Michael Lorenzen's okay. They just need... They just... Losing Trevor Bauer just hurt this team significantly pitching-wise. I think the offense is still going to be okay. Joey Votto, Eugenio Suarez, Mike Moustakis, Shogo Akiyama, Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, and then you got Nick Senzel. Like, I don't think the offense is going to be bad. I think the pitching is going to hold this team back. I got the Reds going 76 and 86. I just don't see the Reds being a playoff team this year. And then you got the Oakland A's. Ah, wow. The A's had a rough, rough, rough offseason. They lost Tommy LaStella to my San Francisco Giants. They lost Marcus Simeon, and then they lost their closer, Liam Hendricks. That's a big blow to the Oakland A's right there. I don't think the A's are going to be a playoff team this year just because they lost so much. Anytime when you lose three all-star caliber players, you're not going to... It's going to be tough bouncing back. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they still have Chapman. They still got Olsen. Elvis Andrews was a kind of a decent replacement for Marcus Simeon. They still got Mark Cano, Ramon Laureano. But they just... They need somebody to fill that Marcus Simeon hole. I think Tony Kemp is going to be okay, but losing Marcus Simeon hurts this team badly, especially since his defense has improved from that 38-year season. And then you got Sean Manaya, Chris Bassett, Jesus Lazardo, and Frank and Frankie Montas. Which the A's, I don't think. I, here's here's my thing. I think the pitching is still okay, but. The bullpen is took a hit. The bullpen took a hit. I think the hitting, the offense, and the pitching will be fun, will be fine. The bullpen, however, took a big hit as well, losing Liam Hendricks because I think the A's can somewhat make up the ground Marcus Simeon left. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a long offseason. and with I just don't know if I don't know if you can call them a playoff team, especially since the Blue Jays. Got better. The AL Central has three playoff teams. The AL East has three playoff teams. And then you got the Astros at seven playoff teams. Only five teams can make the playoffs. The A's are going to have to... They're going to fight the Blue Jays and one of the teams in the Central, probably the Indians, for the last wild card spot. And then you got the next game. The Rockies and Dodgers, Colorado. I feel bad for your fans. I hope you guys are doing well and mile high because you're going to need it because Colorado made arguably one of the worst decisions a franchise could ever make. Trading away probably the best third baseman in baseball for and $50 million in cash for a bag of chips and a sandwich. Like, Seriously. The Rockies got nobody good. Like, they didn't get Dylan Carlson. They didn't get Nolan Gorman either. Like, what What? What are the Rockies doing? <sighs> I mean, granted, the NL West is going to be stacked this year. But you, you don't trade away Nolan Arenado for nothing. Like, bro. 
I got the Rockies going 55 and 107. I hate to be that mean, but Trevor Story deserves better. He's probably going to walk. Herman Marquez is going to get traded, and Charlie Blackman is going to get traded and just start the whole fire sale and just start over because uh, that's, that's one of the stupidest decisions. But thank goodness he's out of the NL West. Now let's take a look at the reigning champs, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, probably going to be the back-to-back -back champions, let's be honest, because they kept the entire core together, got Tommy Canely, an underrated reliever, Corey Knable, yes, Corey Knable, you're hearing that right. You're getting David Price back from because he opted to sit last year. And then, you know, you only signed the best pitcher, arguably the best pitcher in baseball in Trevor Bauer. Like, let, let me just read this rotation. Clayton Kershaw, Walker Beeler, Trevor Bauer, David Price, and then for that fifth spot, you got an option of Julio Urias, Dustin May, or Tony Gonsolin. Uh, there's no issues pitching-wise in the bullpen or starting for the Dodgers. Catchers, you got Will Smith. He's a stud. You got Justin Turner back. Corey Seager. Gavin Lux. Max Muncy. Uh, and you guys are calling up Gavin Lux, a top prospect. Oh, my gosh. And then... And then the outfield, nothing's changed. Pollock, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts. I got them winning 115 games this year. I got them going 115 and 47. The, they they arguably got better. They 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 just got better. There's just no doubt about that. All right, we're almost done with the baseball games. And then you got the Kansas City Royals and the Cleveland Indians. The Royals had a decent offseason. I like their offseason a lot. They got Carlos Santana from the from the Cleveland Indians who or the Cleveland baseball team, you know, because who knows with their team name and team chain team name change and whatnot. But you got Salvador Perez still, who's been there since 20, 2011, I think. Maybe maybe later than that. Seems like he's been on the team forever. You got a nice infield of Carlos Santana, Hunter Dozier, Alberto Mondesi, and Nicky Lopez. And then you got a good outfield and Andrew Benatendi. I like that pickup for the Royals. I think Benatendi's going to have a bounce back here. And then you got Jorge Soler, Mr. 40 home runs a year. And then you got Michael A. Taylor and Whit Merrifield, too. Don't forget about Whit. The Royals... I think they're maybe a year or two away, but they made some significant improvements this offseason. Not to mention, they kept most of their pitchers. Brady Singer is going to have another good year. Brad Keller's really good. Danny Duffy's really good. I liked what the Royals did this offseason, and I'm going to. And they're gonna win. They're gonna go seventy nine eighty three. They're they're on that up and come, up and coming. But I just think they're still they're just still a year or two away. 
And then you got the, their division rivals, the Cleveland Indians. Or the Cleveland baseball team. Oh boy, Cleveland. I know you can't, can't afford Francisco Lindor, but I think he could have gotten a better haul than that. Ahmed Rosario's not bad, but he could have gotten at least one or two good prospects from the Mets. Austin Hedges is okay. Jose Ramirez is still their only, I think is probably one of their only offense. If not, <laughs> he's their entire offense in that team. And then you got Ahmed Rosario, you got Andres Jimenez or Cesar Hernandez, and then you got Josh or Josh Naylor at first base. Not terrible, but uh, it's the pitching is going to carry this team significantly. No offense to Franmil Reyes, no offense to Jose Ramirez, but you can't. You need. All nine guys to contribute in the offense. And in this lineup, I see maybe three or four guys contributing in that lineup. Not good. And then, but you got Shane Bieber. You got Zach Plesak. You got Aaron Savale. All three good pitchers. Tristan McKenzie. I didn't like, I didn't like you guys trading away Cookie Carlos Carrasco, a.k.a. Cookie Carrasco. I think you guys could have done a little bit better in that trade with the Francisco Lindor. I just... I got them going 82 and 80, barely above 500. Although, and I'll admit, Eddie Rosario was a good pickup because he does well in Cleveland. But they're going to be fighting with the A's for a wild card spot. And then you got the next game, my San Francisco Giants. Okay, so the Giants are an interesting team. Last year, they almost made the playoffs, which I did not expect in the slightest as a Giants fan. I thought they were going to suck and get a top five pick, but that was not the case.